everybody, and welcome to a new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you today? Well, hey there, Sir Alan of the Round Table. I am doing good, uh, fantastic, even better if you can believe it. I don't believe Well, no, I want to believe it. Well, it's it's true. It's all here. All my goodness is in shining technicolor. It was uh, on the Internet, so it must be true. You know, I uh, speaking of, of nothing else, I, I, I had, uh, Alan, I want to tell you, I had some of my people in yeah. preparation. I had some of my people do some analysis for the podcast. Well, hold on. By your people, yeah. what do you mean exactly? My people. Well, I, 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 I count. I count Constantine and Harvey as my my people. Well, maybe Constantine. What's what's that supposed to mean? Well, Harvey's my people because I hired the dude. All right, fine. Then I I had one of my people and one of your people. Thank you. Do some analysis for our podcast uh, on which we are on. And, and guess what they found out? I, I wouldn't even speculate. Well, what did they find out, Mark? Uh, I'm going to tell you here. Uh, three things are happening in what you call synchronicity. Uh, yeah, all, that means all at the same time. I know what that means. Yeah, it's, it's actually happening. It's, yeah. so, a, it's also an excellent police album. <laughs> oh, my god. Followed gosh. by another one nearly named the same thing was also awesome. Actually a little better. Also synchronicity. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Synchronicity too. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Even better. So, so the three things happening today yeah. in, in synchronicity, Alan, uh, a today's show will be covering the final episode of, of season four, which I think puts us a little bit past halfway in oh, the yeah. series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, B today's show will also be the 100th publish that we've done. Nice. And C today, we also officially went over 100,000 downloads. That's awesome. Yeah. 100,000 downloads. Yeah. That's something for just a couple schmoes who want to talk about an old show. I know. Yeah. Who, who weren't actually there. Wow, Mark. Well, that, that's some pretty sweet sauce there, AAs. Huh. That's weird. When you say it, it sounds dumb. <laughs> now I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, whatever, Mark. Uh, hey, you know what? Let's get back to the episode, shall yes, we? Yes, please. Let's do that. No, in all seriousness, it's great to be here at the end of season four. Yeah. Um, you know, season four was a long season, 22 episodes. Um, you know, season three was quite a bit shorter, only 16. So yep. it felt longer to me. Um, I would say overall, when I look back, our scores we're not as generous in season four overall as they were in season three. But overall, I'd say season four is a really good, solid season. I'm anxious to see what we think about today's episode. I agree. I think season four in general is only second to season three. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would totally agree with that. And uh, by the way, my, my guy, uh, Harvey, agrees with that as well. Oh, that is that your guy? He's my guy. I hired him. Yeah. I knew it. Just so we're clear. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And that's the only way in which I'll claim him. <laughs> <laughs> and he won't blame me a bit. Nope. Yep. Well, Mark, hey, uh, speaking of uh, season four, episode 22, this is called Win, Lose, or Draw. Yep. I love it. Um, my only, my first complaint about the episode, right up front, I'm just going to say it. Uh-oh. It's missing an Oxford comma. If they had just put the Oxford comma in there, I could have given this episode a 10.0. But because it's missing, not going to happen. Is it really? Yeah. It's win, lose, or draw. You oh, see? That's, that's not right. That's not right. That's not the way I wrote it. Well, you wrote it wrong because if you look at the official title, it's missing the comma after lose, which it clearly belongs there. All right. Good night, everyone. 
<laughs> well, you, like anyone's still listening Two. at this point. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That's it. <laughs> this week's episode had a runtime and the producer's cut. Uh, uh, it was a big, beefy one. 27 minutes and 27 seconds. Wow. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, and then the standard edition for you poor schmucks who don't have the DVDs was 21 minutes and 15 seconds. That's right. Although, you know something, Alan, I, I, I did notice this. Um, in, so this episode and the, the previous two have all been larger size yeah, than bonus or there. There were they had the larger size available. Sure. And with all of them, they opted to uh, have the kicker that the final scene, not with the credits in the kicker. And then separately have like with a variation of their theme song, like an extended version of the credits, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So all this to say it probably added an artificial 30 seconds onto it where really nothing Maybe. was happening. Yeah. But that's fair. Eh, that's all right. Yeah, it's worth it's noting. It's pretty though. beefy. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. If you if even if you took that out, we're talking about pretty much six extra minutes in this case. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which, which is a lot. So we'll see what they did with that and how well they utilized it today. Yeah. This episode first aired on May 10th, 2012. Uh, written and directed by our buddy Mike Schur. Oh, yeah. we like him. Yeah, we like him. Uh, so this is the, the fifth of eight that Mike ultimately um, was the director of. And, you know, the, I think this is the second episode of this season that he directed. I think the other one was Sweet 16, if I recall. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is the ninth of 18 overall episodes that he wrote, or at least got the primary writing credit for. Excellent. And that's not including the 2020 special, which would bring that up to 19 episodes. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that one pretty much was him. So, well, Mark, hey, why don't you get us into them, their synopses, and we'll get going on this thing. Well, you got it. Synopses incoming. So cover your head and don't get stuck. All right. I split this sucker up into, you know, this was a tricky one. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious here. I could have gone anywhere from two to six. Yeah, but that's kind of crazy. So what'd you get? Mm. Tell me the right answer. Let me change my notes here. I, so I got, no, not that one. I'm going to cross that one out. Um, I got three. Oh, yeah. I got the. Nice job. I like it when I'm right. All right. We'll see if we got the same three. I bet we do. And I'm curious if we get them in the same order. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I have um, the A story I entitled as the final countdown. Mm. Love it. In it. Oh, you kind of stole my rock and roll theme this week, but I like it. Kind of. It, oh, look what you did. You just got a one up. Is, mm. No, no, no. That was last week. This week I've got movie themes. So no. hold, hang on for that. But it's only rock and roll and I like it. I thought you were like, oh. see, you don't even realize when wow. you're smart. I, I am so smart. I didn't even know it. I know. I know. No one else did either. That's weird. Yeah. Well, election day has arrived, Alan. Yep. And, and all the hard work and the long nights and the sacrifices, it's all come down to this. And the gang is pumped and excited and a little stressed as the latest polls have Leslie and Bobby Newport neck and neck with each other. As the day proceeds, Leslie tries her best to keep her crowd pumped up while also trying to distract herself and not freak out as more and more of the polling results come in. Late into the day, the Leslie Nope crowd gathers in as the final results are reported. What will happen? How does Anne attempt to distract Leslie? Is Bobby Newport even interested in winning? What final voter machine shenanigans do the Newports try? Can our gal, Leslie Nope, pull off victory? Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice job. 
right. my, my A story, as I mentioned, uh, I last week was rock and roll songs, yeah. right? This week, movies. So this week, uh, and, and you know, I kind of, uh, to make sure, I, I also put them in context to be helpful. So for example, my A story is called Election, based on the movie Election, the saga of Leslie Nope. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very yeah. nice. So what'd you get for the B story, Mark? Well, now I feel like I'm just copying you because actually this is, a, I, I started to veer into movie territory. I was all over the place I here. love it. <laughs> Mine is called, so my B story is called the Barklurian Candidate. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if mine is better now. That's pretty good. All right. It's for you kids at home for a movie called The Manchurian Candidate. Uh, look it up. Oh, is that what that's from? Oh, nice. Wow. Okay. All right. So, B story. Jennifer Barkley was so impressed with the way Ben handled Leslie's campaign that she offers him a job working for a congressional re-election campaign in Washington, D.C. But if he takes it, he'll have to leave in two days and be there for six months. Wow. Despite all the election crazy craziness going on, Ben discusses it with Leslie, who is a bit upset since it would mean Ben moving away just as their lives return to normal. With both Leslie and Ben conflicted about the Washington job offer, they both seek advice from others as they try to come to some sort of conclusion and agreement. How will this turn out? What advice does Anne give to Leslie? What advice does Ron give to Ben? Can Leslie and Ben come together to work through this? Will Ben accept the job offer? Stick around, podcast viewers. Only time will tell dot dot dot. Very nice. Yeah. Now, now, what was the title of your B story again? The Bark Lurian Candidate. I love it. Yeah. My, mine's not, mine's on a similar theme, ironically. Really? Yeah. My, mine's, my story is called Indecent Proposal. Nice. Yes. Uh, the Ben Wyatt Ultimatum. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice. Very nice. All right. Finally, C story. What'd you get? All right. C story. My title is uh, We Don't Need No Stinking Files. <laughs> Pretty good. It's a little bit of a movie tie-in. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I like it. All right. As election day preparations go underway, Andy gets a call from a panicked April asking for his help. Apparently, April was tasked to do something with files, blah, blah, blah. Uh, It it froze, blah, blah, blah. She got annoyed, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And she accidentally deletes all the department's files and all the computers. It was a Windows update, Mark. Blah, blah, blah. Windows update. (laughs) Andy tries his, quote, best to help, which, you know, is only worth so much, but fails to retrieve the files. Weird. April is freaking out. What will happen? Who do they end up calling to help out? Do they recover the files? Does April get fired? Is there a silver lining to this cloud? Hang in there, true believers. All will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Very nice. Yeah. Mark, you're going to like my final title here because I know it references one of your favorite movies. Yay. Sneakers. Oh. April wishes she had her running shoes. Nice. (laughs) Very, very nice. Apropos, right? Yeah. So nice job there on that synopsis. Very good. Uh, How about our AKAs and then we'll get into the episode breakdown. All right. So AKAs, I know how the rules work now. Yeah. Finally, I got one AKA per story. That is correct. So from (laughs) so from my A story, it's uh, from our boy uh, Bobby Newport. Oh yeah. And and he he says uh, to Leslie at one point, uh, they're they're there kind of meeting and they're the the press is talking to him and stuff and they're talking about voting and he leans over to her and says, 
Leslie, you you can't vote for yourself, I don't think. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Bobby. Sweet, stupid Bobby. I know, I know. So uh, my B story is uh, my boy Ron. And and we've heard this before, but I had to use it. Yeah. Clear alcohols are for rich women on diets. Very nice. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, very Ron. And from the C story is Andy who, as we know, is helping a panicking April. And and he's trying to comfort her, uh, Alan. And so he says, first of all, you did the right thing by hiding under the table. Very nice Like job. when emergencies happen, oh, yeah. there's a protocol. That's a good step first one. step. Hide under the table. Yeah. All right. Well, Mark, I'm going to do mine in the reverse order. Oh, yeah. Because that was also my C story. Really? Yes. AKA. So nice job. Yeah. I mean, there's no better advice ever given. No, I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> if only Andy had been in my life earlier to tell me that. So true. Yeah. Well, real quick, uh, my B story, uh, since I'm going backwards, of yes. course, uh, <laughs> this from Jennifer Barkley. She says, look, your opponent is legendarily stupid and I phoned it in pretty hard. I almost yeah. chose that one. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. I mean, it's hard sometimes to pick the Bobby and uh, Jennifer lines. They're just so good. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Well, then my final A. AKA, ironically, the first one from the main election story. Yes. It's from Ben, and he says, all that's left is the waiting. Yep. Which, you know. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good theme for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get into that here in a minute. Agreed. Well, Mark, hey, why don't we get into the breakdown a little bit? I thought I'd just set it up real quick and then toss it over to you. Yeah. Go for it. Well, Mark, it's election day, as we know, and the lead candidates are getting instructions from Commissioner Gordon. I mean, election (laughs) commissioner Terrence. Yes. Yes. So tell us what that's all about. Boy, am I gonna. So yeah, uh, Leslie, Ben, and Jennifer there, the, the, the dastardly Jennifer Barkley, who we hate to love and love to hate. Uh, we're not really. We like her. Uh, they meet with uh, Election Commissioner Terrence there, who's going over the basics. This is just the, the yeah. very basics if you're going to have And this elect- is the cold open. I guess we didn't actually say that. This I mean, is the cold open. Yeah. It's 59 seconds. It's yeah. a definitely plot relevant because, oh, yeah. you know, election. Yeah. Um, and, and these are the basics. If you're going to have an election in Pawnee, you have to remember these three things. <laughs> a. Yeah. He will certify the results after all precincts have reported. Done. B, a final tally within 1% triggers an automatic recount. Seems fair. C, an exact tie is awarded to the male candidate and the female candidate is put in jail. <laughs> Seems right. Right, right. I, I can't see the problem with that. <laughs> and uh, it, it ends with uh, Ben is, is kind of upset and he brings the uh, Commissioner Terrence's attention to apparently new voting machines that the new ports are trying to like little shenanigans. They're trying Mark, to install. They're just trying to be helpful. Trying to install them over town there. And and what happens is, is they it cheers for you if you vote for Bobby and, and it gives you a candy bar voucher, nice. which seems like yeah. maybe a little bit unfair. It looked like the golden ticket from uh, Willy, you know, Wonka. Willy Wonka or the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Mark. And, that's bad enough, but if you vote for Leslie, yeah. a baby cries and it asks if you're sure, which that doesn't seem fair. No, I know. Would you like to pick a better choice? <laughs> Press the Sweetums logo to choose another candidate. Oh, my God. Although Jennifer didn't see the problem with it. No, I, I look, shouldn't we be rewarding voters for voting? And Leslie is not about to, uh, you know, besmirch anyone for getting a free candy bar. She's no. all for that. No, she gets that part of it for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, over at JJ's Diner, the core campaign team is having a good luck breakfast. And even JJ's waffles aren't enough to help Leslie keep it together as she addresses her team one final time. Oh, holy cow. Well, one final time for the beginning of that day. 
Well, anyway. fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, a good way to look at it. Um, so yeah, it's it's election day as we've covered, and Leslie and the gang are having the pre-celebration meal at JJ's diner yeah. to start out right because breakfast. Any time of the day is good for breakfast food. Dog on it. We, we've established this well. And Leslie clinks her glass, cling, 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 to get their attention, and she tries to say a few words, and then she gets tearful and sits back down. Apparently, this is. <laughs> that's right. Apparently, it's not the first time she's tried to do it. And we then learn via Leslie talking head that she and Bobby Newport are now separated by a razor thin margin and it could go either way. Well, last week we knew it was 2%. So I'm presuming this is like maybe 1% or less. Right, right. Yeah. Tom then informs everyone of the agenda. The party will start at seven in the historic <clears throat> Jermaine Jackson <laughs> ballroom at the Pawnee Super Suites. Catch it. the catch the fever. And by 10. Yeah, the election results should be known, but more importantly, at least according to him, Anne is going to take him back that night on account of he had a weird dream. Yeah, it was approximately 2.30 a.m. He woke up, you know, it was one of those dreams that's so real, Mark, it felt like a premonition. Oh, sure. You know, for, for Tom, in this case, it was him, Drake, and the T-Mobile girl were playing Baccarat on the private jet. And Anne walks up to him and says, tomorrow night, I'm taking you back. Yeah. That's something, something blue ivy card. Yeah, I don't know. Money I don't, I don't even know that I don't know. I couldn't follow it. He's a <laughs> nutbag. I love it. Well, Mark, we jump over to the aforementioned Jermaine Jackson ballroom. Yep. Apparently because he stayed there one time. He visited. Yeah, he visited. I don't know if he stayed there. He may have poked his head in. Well, that's true. It was on the plaque, it, it isn't like. Say for sure. Right, right. We at least know he came on. They, on they kind of play it loose with what makes the press there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, this ballroom's part of the larger Pawnee Super Suites, which we've visited before, right? Right, right. Well, here we get a look at the Pasha's Hell Jermaine Jackson Ballroom and learn that it has an open bar of sorts. Mm, yes, we do. We see uh, my boy Ron Swanson. Uh, he's essentially planning out his drinking. Uh, for the night. Yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with that, I suppose. No. And he, he's by he's at the bar and, and there's Dana, the bartender is there. And he says, hey, Dana, the bartender there, why don't you pull out a bottle of single malt scotch and pour me four fingers and throw away the cap and let's get this started. And she says, we only have blended whiskey. <laughs> Why Which, are only children allowed yeah, at this event? Thing, is, that, is that for kids? Does <laughs> they have grape juice too? Oh, so he's momentarily irked by this, yeah. but he then pulls out his own bottle, his own personal bottle of Lagavulin 16, gives Dana the bottle and tells her, this is for me only. Only. Well, Mark, too, I love it. It's not like he pulled it out of a trench coat. He brought it in this well-padded, well-functioned, you know, thick briefcase where it's, it has one of those, you know, laser cut holes in the middle. That's the exact shape of the bottle. Yeah, you got to cut the prepared. holes. prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, you wonder how many times he's done that. I, at least at least once that I know. <laughs> so he's Ron's relaxing now with his precious Lagavulin. Yeah. And he's basically sitting there and wondering, like, oh, can this get any better? Like, I'm relaxed. I got my Lagavulin. And then almost as a serendipity moment, a waitress comes by and says, can I interest you in some bacon wrapped shrimp? <laughs> and he gives an enormous mug to the camera. I like he it. turns whole bodily yeah. and takes the whole tray from her. He's like, thank you, ma'am. I'll take it from here. I know. She's kind of like, okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> so he's befuddled a uh, bartender and a waitress so far. Yep. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, while all that is happening, Mouse Rat has been warming up and Tom checks on the guys to make sure that they're ready to help celebrate Leslie's presumptive victory tonight. 
Yeah, Tom asks uh, Andy if they're ready, and Andy tells him about the apparently two versions of Catch Your Dream he made, depending on whether sure. Leslie wins or loses. He plays a little bit, uh, sings a little bit of both of them to Tom, and based on what he said, he, we all really hope that Leslie wins now, not just because we hope she wins, but we don't want to hear the other version. Well, the one is the one we know, right? Catch your dreams, shackle, shackle to, your, it to heart. your heart. Yeah. But the other one turns dark and you screw your dreams and shackle it up its own butt. Yeah. Up its own butt. Yeah. Because on account of if she loses, then the, the dream can go get, itself. Get, yeah. 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 That thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then Andy gets a phone call from April. Uh-oh. And she's really freaked out about yeah. something. She's at the Parks and Rec office. So Andy tells his band mates April needs him, and then he takes off. Um, but, Mark, he did give them final instructions, which I think it's worth noting. If he dies before they get back, you yeah. know, Rivers is the new him. Yeah. Chang is the new Rivers. And Burley's out of the band because he's the only one that likes Burley. Yeah. Okay, later, later. dudes. And then and then he takes off. <laughs> and, and Burley kind of looks stunned. Yeah. And he looks over at Chang. Yeah. And Chang looks at him like, oh, the gig's up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Mark, at the polling site, Bobby and Leslie encourage voters to get out and vote no matter who they vote for. And Jennifer Barkley has an interesting and unexpected proposition for Ben. That is correct, Sir Alan. So Leslie and Bobby are standing together. They're, they're at one of the voting locations there in Pawnee, and, and they're surrounded by reporters who are asking them questions. Actually, you know what? Let's let's have Constantine play this clip. I like it. How do you feel, Bobby? So good. You have no idea. I'm super psyched this is over. It's been hard. The reason why Bobby and I are appearing together is to send the message that everyone should get out and vote, no matter who they're voting for. That's right. Another awesome point by Leslie. That's why I'm voting for you. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? They're laughing at your joke. What joke? I am voting for you. You're not voting for yourself? Leslie, you can't vote for yourself, I don't think. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. <laughs> Anything else? Bobby, if you won, what would be your first thing? Hey, you did an unbelievable job on this campaign, Ben. My partner's back in Washington, thinks so too. Well, Leslie gets the credit, not me. Look, your opponent is legendarily stupid, and I found it in pretty hard, <laughs> but you have a knack for this. I'm running Congressman Murray's reelection bid, Ohio 19. I need someone to coordinate out of DC. You wanna do it? Yeah, that sounds great, but the Pacers called and they're asking me to be their starting point guard. You're being serious, Ben. What? What, you trust me with a congressional campaign? Is this a trick? No, this is a job offer. Give me your answer soon. I need you in Washington in two days. <laughs> Look at that thing. What is that? Don't touch it. Wow, wow. Look at that little cat. <laughs> Uh, for those of you at home who couldn't see that, uh, and this is only in the producer's cut, uh, Bobby is finds the boom mic and it's got you know the furry sock on the end, yeah, which ironically is called a dead cat. I don't know if you know that, Mark. No, it's not. Yeah, that's the real name for it. Look at that. Yeah. Look, Alan. We we know we have throngs of uh, viewers who love us here, but yeah. you can't just make stuff up. For I, their I swear to God, it's true. It's called a dead cat. It's called a dead cat, which is makes the joke even a little funnier because it's both a. You know, a Bobby joke, but yeah. it's also kind of an inside joke. That I, is funny. I liked it. Well, Mark, after that, and back at the campaign headquarters, Anne is giving final instructions to the volunteers when Chris approaches her and asks for a little relationship advice. That, that's not weird at all. No, not at all. Yeah. Are they at, I thought they were at Tref Cab. 
Are they not at Tref Cab? Yeah, I mean, that's Campaign HQ. I guess it is. I, I keep on confusing because the, like the, the Jermaine Jackson ballroom oh, is yeah. kind of their temporary well, HQ for the day. It's but... like election day results HQ versus yeah. uh, volunteer prep HQ. That, yeah, that's but perfect. fair enough. Now everybody's straight. So at Tref Cab, the residence formerly known as Burley's. Also campaign headquarters. That's right. Also, uh, April Nandy's place. Also, where Ben's staying. <laughs> said a lot of names. It really has. So, Anne is talking to Nope campaign volunteers, giving them scrapbooking instructions. Very serious instructions, since we are talking about Leslie Nope here. When <laughs> Chris arrives, because why not? After oddly recapping their relationship history in a very Traeger-like manner, oh, yeah. Chris asks Anne for some advice. He tells her about his... A fling with uh, Jennifer Barkley, brown chicken, brown girl, and mentions, although it was just a one night stand, she's now leaving town and he'd kind of like to see her again. And Ann points out the campaign's now over and eh, I guess it can't hurt. Excited at this, <laughs> Chris gives Ann double finger guns and Perkins, Perkins and then races out of the room at top <laughs> Traeger speed. I'm surprised he has any any energy left because based on his count, it sounded like maybe uh, eight romantic encounters the one date. I, I love the way that he he verbalized it too. Because yeah. sometimes Chris doesn't get the best jokes, but this one this one made me laugh. It did out loud. Yeah, where he he basically says, uh, you know, in a moment of weakness, I had sex with Jennifer Barkley. Yeah, and then she's like, really? And yes, yeah, several times, and then several more times, and then a couple more times. <laughs> And then one more time. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, how long has this been going on? Oh, it was just last night. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, we have called him the Energizer Bunny before. The microchip is working. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> well, Mark, have you ever made a mistake so big that you nope. feel like hiding underneath a rock and hoping it just goes away? Never. Well, me either. Uh, but April needed to do that here, but um, she doesn't have a rock. Well, you know. We all have our um, our trials to face, and I guess not having a rock's one of them. So we're at City Hall at the Parks and Rec Department. Andy arrives, says, April, April, I got your message. Where are you? Where are you? She's hiding under a table. Well, sure. She didn't have rock. No. <laughs> well, well said. Thank you. And April then tells Andy what happened. Apparently, she was supposed to copy all the department files onto a thumb drive, but it kept freezing. She got annoyed. Blah, blah, blah. Long story short, all the files are gone from all. All the computers. And Andy gets her to calm down and tells her that he'll take care of it. Unfortunately, his approach is the one that he uses when his Xbox freezes. He sure. you blow on it, whack it on the side, and then he goes to the floor. Needless, Watch it fly across the room. Needless to say, it did not work. No, it did not. Nope. Well, I, I like too. This is where I think our dual AKA came from. He said, calm down. First of all, you did the right thing by hiding under this table. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you do. In Secondly, your man is here. You did the right thing hiding under the table, given that you didn't have a rock. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Rock would have been better. Well, Mark, back at the polling site, things are winding down and there, there's not much left to do except fulfill one's lifelong dream of voting for themselves. And <laughs> yes, we checked, Bobby, that this is a this is legal to vote for yourself. I know. I yeah. know. Yeah, we see Leslie and Ben at the aforementioned voting location going over any last minute details. And Alan, you know what? Let's have Constantine play this clip. This is good. I don't know. I feel like I'm forgetting something. What about my speeches? Finish both of them last night. One if you win, one if you lose. What if I tie? 
You need to write a tie speech for me. Something about the poetic nature of democracy and how I'm gonna fight this thing from my prison cell. Leslie, relax. We're done. All that's left is the waiting, okay? What were you talking to Jen about? Oh, nothing. Oops. No, I just, yeah, nothing. She, nothing. she's, nothing, nothing, it's nothing. Hey, what's a good place to buy jeans? You have plenty of jeans. What were you talking about? Jen offered me a job working on a congressional campaign. Oh my God, that's amazing. In Washington. What? Are you happy or angry? I don't know. I don't know. What did you say? Did you say yes? I haven't had a chance to think about it. I mean, it sounds amazing. But, you know, six months in Washington, D.C., away from you. But, you know, we should talk about it. Yeah, we'll just talk about it. You know, we'll mull it over, we'll look at it from every side, et cetera, et cetera. Just, I'm gonna go vote. Just fulfill a lifelong dream of mine and achieve one of my all-time happiest moments real quick. <laughs> and then we will talk about it. Cool. 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 See, I can't figure this thing out. Can you help me? Yeah. Just hang on a second, Bobby. Ink all over my hands, and the pen thingy came off the chain. <laughs> get it! <laughs> uh, Bobby is not the sharpest tool in the shed. No, he's even not even a sh the sharpest anything in the shed. No, he he's really not, isn't. Yeah, he has a tool. <laughs> um, th although there's a little bit of a visual component. Leslie sure. was really choked up. It was actually a very sweet, oh, it is, sweet yeah. scene because she's... Yeah. You know, she takes a deep breath. She opens the voting ballot. She sees her name on there, along with Bobby Newport and the rest. And she votes for herself. And she kind of takes in the moment. And she's yeah. like happily tearing up. And then Bobby's like, I don't get it. I can't do this. <laughs> you know, the other thing that struck me about that, when Ben's telling her about uh, the job offer. Oh, yeah. And he says, in Washington, she shoves his shoulder. Oh, what? Man. Yeah. That's Elaine Bennis from oh, Seinfeld God, exactly all over right. the place. Yeah. Get Seinfeld. Out. Yes, yes. Well, I love too that <laughs> he's so bad at lying. Like if you were just slightly better, oh, nothing, nothing, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing. I just need to, but where's a good place to buy some jeans? And then forcefully, you have plenty of jeans. <laughs> <laughs> but does he have enough jorts, Mark? No, no one ever has no, enough. Never enough. No. Nope. Well, back at the ballroom, everyone is awaiting the results when the early reports start to come in and Leslie gets a little bit of discouraging news. That's right. We're now back at the Jermaine Jackson ballroom and the Nope campaign watches purred on TV as he announces the polls have just closed and 1% of precincts <laughs> are reporting, oh my God. constituting exactly nine, nine votes. Nine votes, yeah. Six of which went to Brandy Max. Go figure. Knowing Leslie would be stressed out and tells her that she planned an activity for them. Something to distract Leslie during all of this. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to see what it is. I know. Well, meanwhile, over at the bar, Jerry has apparently outdone himself, Mark, and somehow at the same time, totally pulled a Jerry. <laughs> yeah, they often go hand in hand. Yeah, they do. Well, so still in the Jermaine Jackson ballroom or a, a side ventricle of it or something. I, don't I know. feel like the ballroom's like this big grand area where there's probably the big stage. Yeah. Kind of over on the side. There's like the bar area. Right. Is that what the way you kind of map this out? Kind of. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we see Ron is standing at his station, you know, at, at the bar next to bartender <laughs> bar Dana. Yeah. With the barbecue wrap shrimp uh, remains and a little bit of Lagavulin. 
Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. And he, we see him down, gulp. We see him down the last of a glass of Lagavulin. Dane to the bartender, would you please give me another, please, and thank you. Um, Jerry excitedly walks up to Ron and says, oh, man, oh, man, Ron, I handed out all a thousand leaflets. I personal best. That's just so great. He's happy. He's really oh, yeah, cheerful. He's job. cheery. And he's now says, so now I'm going to go vote for Leslie. Ron says, nope, polls are closed. And Jerry starts to panic a bit, like, what? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't get to vote for Leslie. What do I do? And he's like, there's nothing you can do. You just hope that she didn't lose by one vote. <laughs> and and so he's like starting to stress out a little bit. Like he's worried that his latest damn it Jerry moment may cost her the election by, you know, one vote. I, I love, too, that Perd, not knowingly, piles on. You hear him in the background. Nine percent of precincts reporting. It's a razor thin and getting razor thinner. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, down the street at the Newport campaign headquarters, Chris arrives and starts off simply by thanking Jennifer for their date the previous day. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So we see Jennifer Barkley there. Anything else would just be gross. We see Jennifer Barkley surrounded by all the Newport volunteers there and Chris enters and he's smiling and he greets Jennifer and, and, uh, you know, they, they both comment on the, um, (laughs) Uh, amazing uh, sexcapades uh, from the night before. And uh, Chris asks if they could just talk before she leaves town. Jennifer says no. But there's a supply room over there with a futon, <laughs> which they go use. God. Kids these days, Alan. I love it. Yeah. <clears throat> I like too. And she she's, what are you doing here? Last night was fun, you little screamer. <laughs> <laughs> subtle. Very subtle. Yeah. 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 Uh, Oh, the shapes they made. Well, Mark, meanwhile, in the parks office, Andy realizes that they need help and he reaches out to the big guns. And he also has some ideas about new careers and altered identities, you know, just in case things don't go well here. Well, sure. Yeah, with the scene starts at uh, City Hall, the Parks Department. We see Andy on the phone with someone while April is still freaking out, sitting at the central table, holding her head. Let's have Constantine play this clip. I like it. Please hurry. I told her it's a matter of life and death. Honey, Donna's been here forever. She's going to know what to do. What if she doesn't? I could get fired. Or even worse, Leslie might give me a lecture on responsibility again. I can't do it. I'll tell you what, honey. Here's the deal. You get fired, I'll quit, we'll leave together. I'm serious. Move to a new city. Change our names. Burn our fingertips off with acid. Swap faces. What? If we have to. Let's just say tomorrow we had to start over from scratch, which we probably will because of your massive mess up. What would you do? (laughs) Me? I've always wanted to be a scientist. Like when I do my experiments. I quantified that the Red Bull would dissolve that toy pirate by now. (laughs) Nature. I want to be a warrior princess witch. In this new world, you can be anything you want. Or a substitute teacher. You would be so good as a substitute teacher. Dream big, kid! Uh, those kids. What will they do, Mark? I know, I know. It's it's good that they're trying to make a plan, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you can't be a substitute teacher, you could be a warrior princess witch. Well, yeah. At least one day a year. <laughs> On yeah. Halloween, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, Mark, hey, last week we saw Chris employing multiple ideas to stay busy, to keep his mind off things, as you recall. That's right. Um, well, this week we learned that Leslie uh, and Ian are going to take a slightly different approach here at this little local gym. Anne had a really good idea here. I love that. Um, they are in a boxing ring and Anne is holding up pads while Leslie punk, punk, punches him. And this seems like a good idea. It seems to be a decent distraction for Leslie. Um, during a rest, which takes about 20 seconds because she's tired. It's, it's hard work. <laughs> Anne asks her, what are you going to do about Ben? 
uh, you know, the job offer. And Leslie tells her she would hate it if he went to Washington, especially now that they're about to get their lives back together. Um, and in true bestie fashion, Anne urges Leslie to tell Ben how she feels and they'll work it out together. Uh, they then get a phone notification that 20% of precincts are now reporting. And uh, Leslie decides to continue distracting herself and goes back to boxing. I think it's a smart idea. Yup. I mean, Bobby's up at this point, but it ain't over till it's over. Ain't over till it's over. Yeah, I agreed. Hey, Mark, did you notice the name of this gym on the back wall there? No, I didn't. The Fortune Gym. I missed that. Yeah, nice. I thought that was interesting. Like, I, I didn't know if that's just a name they made up or if it's maybe just kind of thinking, you know, if it's a bit of an omen, maybe. Mm. Yeah. So anyway. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah I worth, missed that. We're thinking about well, over at the ballroom bar, Ben seeks some advice from Ron. And thanks to a half a bottle of Lagavulin, he actually gets some. <laughs> the camera once again returns to Ron's haven at the bar with bartender Dana serving Ron Lagavulin as nature, you know, insists Intended, upon. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's moved more than maybe two feet this entire evening. No, bacon wrapped shrimp, then back to the bar. <laughs> Everything's coming to him. <laughs> we then see Ben coming to him. <laughs> there you go. Like a log of villain and the bacon rack shrimp. He approaches the bar and he lets it. Constantine, look, I know that you're getting tired, but just bear with me, okay? There's a shiny nickel in this for you if you're. Wow, he's grumpy. Yeah, because remember, you're on Mark's team, whatever that means. Yeah, you're you're one of my people. Dude, that's a finger we don't use in public. <laughs> Can you please just play the clip, okay? Wow. Yeah, good, good job there, Team Mark. <laughs> Gin and tonic, please. Belay that order, Dana. Lagavulin neat. Clear alcohols are for rich women on diets. <laughs> hey, can I ask you about something? Never mind. Sorry, I forgot. You don't like talking to other people about anything. What's on your mind, son? It's a special night, and I've had half a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> All right. Well, Jen Barkley offered me a job in Washington. A great job. It'd be exciting. I'd meet new people, live in D.C. But I think Leslie wants me to stay. What would you do? Well, I've never been one for meeting new people or doing new things or eating new types of food <laughs> or traveling outside of southern Indiana. <laughs> I've had the same haircut since 1978 and have driven the same car since 1991. I've used the same wooden comb for three decades. <laughs> I have one bowl. I still get my milk delivered by horse. You do? But you and Leslie <laughs> like to hold hands and jump off a cliff together into the great unknown. You two have a good relationship. I don't personally know what that's like, but I'm given to understand it means you're going to land on your feet. So you really want things to just stay exactly the same? I like some changes. Like when I change a tree into a canoe mm -hmm. or a wife into an ex-wife. But if Leslie wins, you get my old job, assistant city manager, right? Seems that way. Then good luck to the both of us. Uh-oh. Hey! <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that maybe Ben does need some clear alcohol. <laughs> Oh my God. Scotch is not his drink. Apparently. When I first saw him do that, that scared the bejesus out of me. And I laughed for like 30 seconds straight. Uh, it's kind of just falling out of his mouth at that point. Hey. Uh, he <laughs> <knows>. <laughs> uh, 
Mark, one of, you know, several lines in there, not the entire scene, but several lines in there were in the producer's cut and not in the regular cut. Yes. And in particular, I like the line where he says he likes some changes, like when he can change a tree into a canoe or oh. a wife into an ex-wife. <laughs> yeah, I like that quite a bit. Uh, those are great references. Yeah. Well, Mark, as everyone continues to wait for the election results, we learn that Ron is not the only one who's had a decent amount of alcohol. And we get a little insight into Anne's decision-making process when it comes to Tom. That's right. Well, Leslie and Ann are now back from boxing, I think, and they are in back in the Jermaine Jackson ballroom and Team Nope watches Purd's latest report on TV as we now have 74 percent of precincts reporting. And Leslie Nope is now winning yeah. by 192 votes. It flip flop and everyone cheers, especially Jerry, who continues to be a little nervous oh oh that his God. failure to vote is somehow going to cost Leslie the election. We then see Anne sitting at it, sitting with Tom at a table discussing their relationship. So in a nutshell, Anne tells Tom that although she likes him, A, he's ridiculous. Yeah. B, there's a limit to how seriously she can take their relationship, yeah. which, you know, duh. And C, it's just not a good idea right now. Well, it's worth noting, too, that this is drunk Anne, not just straight. It's not sober Anne at this point. You know what? Honestly, I couldn't tell. She's on her way. Let me put it that way. <laughs> She's not at her destination. She, she hasn't it's, reached it's a it yet. Yeah. She's going to in a few minutes, okay, which I'll, is funny. I'll buy that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, I feel like she's definitely, she's probably in my mind here saying things already that she wouldn't in a normal conversation. But, and Tom seems to be hanging on to a, to an amazing ability to suspend disbelief. I don't get it. It's like there's two hands. There's the one in my dream who just wants to get back together with me. And then there's the one in real life who also wants to get back together with me, but just refuses to admit it. Wow. <laughs> Tom is an optimist, Mark. Well, I think he's all wet because he's living in denial. Oh. Did it. Very Thank nice. you. Good Very night. Nice. Try the veal. <laughs> Well, Mark, uh, in these next few scenes, Chris and Jennifer Barkley talk about their future. Leslie has a request for Ben, and we learn who won the fight for the coveted city council seat. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. So first of the three at uh, Team Newport. Yeah. Uh, these are kind of like three short scenes back to back to back. Right. Yeah. Back to back to back to back. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I lost track. Yeah. Because one back. I don't know. Anyway. So at Team Newport. Made a square. <laughs> Event. We see Jennifer and Chris <clears throat> come out of the supply closet. Um, Chris asks Jennifer if there's any way that we could keep this going on a casual basis. You know, brown, jing, brown, even though she'll be in Washington, D.C. And she says, eh, yeah, you know, I'll think that over. We then go, second scene, to a uh, like a back room uh, somewhere at Team Nope headquarters there where uh, Leslie is sitting with Ben alone on a couch. And after talking with Anne... Leslie decides to just be straightforward and honest with Ben and tells him, you know, I, I don't want you to go. Washington is an amazing opportunity, but man, all this craziness is about to be over and I just want a normal relationship with you. And Ben smiles at Leslie and tells her, you know what? That's fine. I won't go. He was he, on the fence anyway. He was on the fence anyway about it. He wasn't sure he wanted to work with Jen because um, Leslie is obviously relieved. But just then, Ann comes in and urges Leslie and Ben to follow her which takes us to the third scene. We then go to the main room. Team Nope is watching the latest PERD update on TV, and he says it's been too close to call all night, but they are ready to now make a call in the race for city council. 
Bobby Newport has won. Boo! Leslie starts cackling oh to God. herself, even though everyone else is like really disappointed. It, it seems like maybe she's starting to unravel a little bit. What Just you a think? little. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, why are you laughing? Because my dream is dead. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> beep. <laughs> my sentiment. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Mark, as we all know, no good election would be complete without butterfly ballots, hanging chads, and mandatory recounts. And as expected, I believe we have all three here. So we uh, we now see Leslie. There's a lot of back rooms. I just call something a back room if I don't know where it is. Well, it's conference room 209. It says right on the door. So we're in a back room, and uh, and uh, Leslie and Ben enter that back room there. Yeah. Uh, and they, they join Jennifer Barkley and election commissioner Terrence and Ben excitedly claims the Bobby Newport only won by 21 votes, which is well within the margin for a recount. Yep. At at this point, Jennifer Barkley just wants all this to be over and she tries to talk him into changing their minds, but (laughs) they ain't having it. Ben hangs tough, insisting that commissioner Terrence make the call right here, right now. And commissioner Terrence agrees, tells them, keep your phones on. It's going to start right away. And Jennifer kind of slumps down in defeat and she just wants to go home. I love before that before she accepts that, you know, this uh-huh. recount's going to happen. Yeah. She says, look, you know, I, I don't do this. I really want to get out of here. How about I make you guys a deal? And then Leslie, of course, says, hey, there's no deal in the world that would ever possibly I'll give you Joe Biden's home phone number. She goes, now, hang on. <laughs> No, no, That's honey, you're, interesting. Not, you're not thinking clearly. You can't do that. No, no. But uh, that must be how she got that restraining order. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mark, now that the recount is officially underway, most of the gang is gathered in the ballroom and awaiting the results, but not everyone is present. Yes, that is a well-said sentiment, Sir Alan, of the roundtable. So the gang's waiting nervously for the recount results. Ben tells them it could be a couple hours, but, you know, who knows? Um, Jerry looks increasingly nervous that his one vote is going to cost Leslie the election, which now seems like a more understandable concern, given that Bobby Newport only won by 21 votes. Um, Thinking that Leslie should say something to keep everyone's spirits up during the recount, Ben looks around and realizes no one knows where she is. So he freaks out a bit and Ben instructs everyone to work together and find her. And so everyone takes off into different directions to look for Leslie, except Ron, who stands in place and finally kind of looks off to the side with a calculating look on his face. He did indeed. Yep. And it should come as no surprise that of all people, perhaps save Ben, Ron knows Leslie best. And in this next scene, he does his best to help Leslie stay positive as they continue to wait on this recount. That's right. We go to council chambers Ah. and we've seen this room before. Yeah. And uh, the room is completely silent and empty, except for Leslie, who's sitting in Councilman Pilner's chair, gazing up at the front of the room, lost in thought. We hear a door open and we see Ron enter the room from the back, slowly walking towards the front. It's a nice chair. Corinthian leather, solid mahogany frame with what I believe are hand-cut mortise and tenon joints, pinned with oak. I was really looking forward to sitting in it. Figured this might be my last chance. You don't know that. Ron, for the last six months, my friends have worked so hard. Every five-minute coffee break at work, every night, every weekend, every spare moment of their lives, they gave to me. If I lose, I'll never forgive myself. You deserve to win. 
We didn't volunteer to help you because we wanted to wrap ourselves in personal glory. We did it because we care about you. You had a dream and we wanted to support your dream. That's what you do when you care about someone. You support them, win, lose, or draw. God, what the hell is the matter with me tonight? I've willingly engaged in about 10 conversations. Why does everyone always come to me for advice? Because you're so warm and cuddly and approachable. Let's go back to the party. You drive. I've had 11 whiskeys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was very nice of Ron. That was. You know, you, you alluded to something at the beginning of this scene. I, I want to touch on it just very, very briefly. Ron does know Leslie pretty darn well. And in fact, I want to say something about this later. I think the three people in her life, uh, the, the most important people in her life, uh, yeah. Anne and Ben and Ron, Ron, I think in this episode, they do a really good job of demonstrating that each of them in their mm. own way end up doing something for Leslie that neither of the others could do. You know, that's that's a great observation, Mark. Uh, it's so good. I wish I'd had it. <laughs> You bastard. Oh, no. No, that's actually very good. Did you that, have it? That's astute. No, I did not. I I, I can totally know. I, I know now thinking about it, which I believe, which three points of view you're talking about. And yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. That's nice, interesting. Nice done. Well, Mark, say what you will about Jerry, but back in the bullpen, it turns out that having Jerry around is actually a big component of helping April out of this particular mess. You wouldn't think it, but that's the hey. way the cookie crumbles, baby. So, yeah, we're back at the Parks Department and Andy continues to ask April questions about, you know, the whole starting your lives over thing and writing everything down on that there flip easel there. Um, despite Andy's good intentions, it doesn't look like he's doing a great job of distracting April, mostly because no. he continues to say things like, come on, it's fun. I'm trying to help you take your mind off that horrible mistake you made, deleting all those files, possibly the worst thing to ever happen in Parker and Rest history. <laughs> God. <laughs> all of a sudden, Donna enters the room. <clears throat> slightly annoyed because apparently she almost made it with Councilman Hauser. Brown chicken, brown girl. Before they called her. Um, anyway, Donna asks what files were deleted. And April says all of them. And she tries to explain. And before April is done with her sentence, Donna proclaims, fixed it. <laughs> when asked, you know, what the hell, <laughs> Donna explains Jerry accidentally deletes things all the time. Ten years ago, I installed my own secret backup. And in a rare but understandable move by April, she gives Donna a full body hug oh, yeah. telling her, I love you. <laughs> uh, then it turns into a little three-way hug action. I know. Yeah. yeah. Bring it in here. Bring boy. it in, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Jerry, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next up, we're only moments away from the final recount results coming in. And Leslie takes a moment to revisit Ben's opportunity in Washington. And Anne arrives with news of the final recount. So at, at this point, Leslie and uh, and Ron are back. Presumably Leslie drove, at least we can hope. Um, Leslie is sitting alone in, again, I'm just going to call it a back room. Because <laughs> I don't know what room it is. So she's sitting alone in a back room and Ben comes in and sees her. Let's say, look. All right, I, I have a bag of onions with your name on it. Can you please play one more clip without attitude? Look, if he won't play it, I'll have Harvey play it because, you know, Harvey's on my team. Oh, look, he's he's getting to it. That, that, that's a good motivator. Yeah. There you are. Thank God. We're going to get the final results any minute. I know. Do you have both my speeches? Yes. You seem 
calmer than I expected you'd be. <laughs> I got you something. Let me open it for you. Oh. You have to go to Washington. I told you I'm turning it down. I was being selfish. You put your whole life on hold for me. The very least I can do is try to return the favor. Are you sure about this? We can make it work. I'll go visit you, then you come visit me, then I go visit you again, and then we make out in the Lincoln bedroom, <laughs> and the Jefferson Memorial, and the Supreme Court Gallery. We'll do it all over Washington. Thank you. Where did you get a Washington Monument figurine <laughs> at midnight on a Tuesday? From my office. I have like 50 of them. Right. <laughs> the recount's over. Uh oh. They just called the race. Oh, God. It's still 21 votes. But you won. You won, Leslie. You won by 21 votes. It's confirmed. It's over. You won. That was really sneaky, <laughs> Anne. No, I couldn't resist. That was a good scene. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I think I teared up the first time I watched it, and maybe a couple other times too. So. <laughs> Just say, I, I thought that was a that was an example of great great performance by actually all three of them. Um, Agreed, because I mean, you know, again, we've said it so many times. This is a damn sitcom, so I mean, you know, if you're not watching this for the heart to heart moments, fair enough. But I mean that that was that was good. That's good stuff. Well, and it, and if you don't appreciate those moments, then you don't deserve the sitcom. That, that's the way I look at it. <laughs> you know, one other thing real quick, Alan, that I wanted to point out. I thought this was a very, very nice symmetrical bookend to the season premiere of season four mm. when Ben sat down with Leslie and opens up the Leslie 2012 yep. thing. Yep. You know? Yeah. The good writing on this show. And I believe he even said, let me open that for you. Yeah. Yeah. He sure very did. nice touch. Yeah. Well, and I don't think that episode was written by Mike, but I was he was obviously paying attention here. And I feel like and I'll talk about this a little bit in my commentary that he pulled a lot of stuff together from the season. Yep. So, yeah, I think you're right. Well, Mark, in the ballroom, we hear a little bit of the Bobby Newport concession speech and Jennifer Barkley says her goodbyes. Yep. We in general, we see a huge montage of uh, general craziness and celebration in the Jermaine Jackson ballroom. So we have the following things happen. Mouse Rat takes the stage and plays Leslie's theme song. The good Catch version. Your, yeah, the good version. Not the one not about the shackling up, your, up butt. your butt thing. Not the, the, the positive one. <laughs> the entire room is cheering and partying as everybody's going nuts. It's a balloon drop too. Yeah, right? We Balloon yeah. drop. We, we see Bobby Newport concedes on TV. Is like, I, I've never been more relieved in my entire life. <laughs> so I don't know if he really wanted to win. I think we knew we didn't. Nope. Um Jerry tearfully hugs Tom ecstatic that he didn't cost Leslie the election, which is pretty funny. Um, ben officially accepts Jennifer Barkley's job offer. And she then takes off without saying goodbye to Chris, even though he's right over there. And uh, he seems wrong, does he? And then in something that honestly, I wasn't expecting the first time I saw this. Ron tells Chris he's decided to turn down the assistant city manager job for the simple reason he likes where he is. Yeah, I respect that. I do too as well. Yeah. Mark, I've watched this scene with John Ralphio, which is a classic meme, of course, right? You know, I, I got off on a technicality. Right, right. Um, it, it's a classic <laughs> meme, which one I love. And two, 
You have to watch this. It's important to watch this because it's in both the regular cut and the producer's cut. Right. When Chris Traeger says, there's no job for you. And he says, hey, smart move. Go with your gut. He says, all right, talk to you guys soon. And then he leaves. I'm 100% sure that Ben Schwartz pats Nick Offerman on the ass <laughs> and leaves at the same time. And Nick almost breaks, like <laughs> almost breaks. And then they cut away. And and I tweeted him today and I challenged him to you know settle this bet between us. Offerman now, or Schwartz? Both. Now, no one's responded yet. Ooh. I'm crossing my fingers. Ooh, we're going to have a Twitter war here, folks. I'm telling you what, uh, you watch it and tell me I'm wrong. I, I no, I don't think I will because I think you're going to be right. I honestly, I didn't catch that. It's it's very very subtle, and I didn't see it the first you know seven times I watched it, but nice. the last three I did. Yeah, you know, this is the good commentary that that you know our viewers tune in for. It, it is. If you, you wouldn't know that had you not listened to this <laughs> podcast today, so, that's right. There you go. Well, Mark, I think we're back in the super secret conference here, here at the end. And uh, we learned that uh, Ben did something interesting when he was given the choice to write these two speeches for Leslie. He certainly did. So they're in a back room. I'm going to call it a back room because I don't know any better. Uh, they're in a back room within the somewhere within the Jermaine Jackson uh, ballroom area. I think they're almost like at the kitchen, it looks like. They are. Yeah. So they're But they're getting ready to walk out. Oh, the they're backstage. So maybe they're to, backstage. That, maybe that's right. the thing. Yeah. So Leslie and Ben are standing together while we hear Anne very faintly announcing Leslie's momentary entrance to the crowd in the main room. Right. Constantine, buddy, can you play this one last clip, please? Pretty please? Your victory speech, Councilwoman Nope. Someday, when I'm more emotionally stable, I want to <laughs> read the concession speech you wrote for me. I never wrote it. Aww. And I know all of you know how hard she's worked to get here. The idea behind this campaign was a simple one. That with hard work and positivity, a group of people can make a difference. During my term as your city councilor, thank you. I want to focus on your hopes and not your fears. I want to solve problems instead of creating friction. And I will work hard every hour of every day to make Pawnee a better place to live because I love this city. And I know firsthand how very special the people of this city are. I owe this victory, all of it, to my friends and my supporters. No one achieves anything alone. So let's embark on a new journey together. Let's Break out a map, not the old out-of-date one that shows where we've been, but a crisp new one that shows where we might go. Let's embark on a new journey together and see where it takes us. A couple good things there in that scene that may not have come through the audio. One is that, you know... Ben wrote a, a pretty good acceptance speech for her and she's she's reading from it. Yeah. The, the words are very crisp and clear and precise. And then she gets to it. We see a camera shot of the speech where it says, you know, I, I love this city because and, I love the city. Yeah. And, and it ends. It. Yeah. And then she wings it and she does even better. Yeah. The, the off script part is not only I mean, it's as good as Ben's, maybe a little better. I think it is because it's truly from her heart. You yes. Know? 
And right. it's what she's feeling at that moment. And uh, if, if you're not moved by that, then you suck. So, <laughs> then, then you're some sort of robot. Yeah, you robot. And then the other thing I wanted to mention is the, right there at the very end where she's she's telling everyone, you know, let, let's uh, let's look for Let's break out a map, not the old one, but a crisp new one that shows yeah, where we like might that. go. Let's embark on a journey together. It shows her in City Hall, I think, at the at a wall that yep. has all the pictures back to, I think, 1971 of That's all right. the, the city councilors, councilmen and councilwomen. And you see her sliding in her picture on the very end. And it's just this this wall full of, of old white men and then her in <laughs> and color her. and smiling. I love it. Yeah, I, I got a I got a note on that for our tropes first and fun facts later, Mark. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, Mark, here we are in the kicker and the gang is gathered around in the ballroom and it becomes pretty clear that everyone has had consumed a fair amount of alcohol this evening. I agree. I, I think maybe this is the reason why I didn't absorb the fact that Anne was a little drunky yeah. earlier because yeah. here she's way yeah. she, drunky. She, she's, she's hit home base. She's Tommy, this party was amazing. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> so it's now much, 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 much later at the Jermaine Jackson Ballroom. I mean, I'm guessing well after midnight, oh, yeah, probably 2 a.m. Like, except for a janitor sweeping up, the only ones left are Leslie and yeah. the gang. Yeah. And we see three things clearly play out in this final scene, the kicker. Number one, a clearly drunk Anne approaches Tom and tells him, paraphrasing, this party amazing, you're amazing, you're ridiculous, but I like you, let's do it, let's date. <laughs> Tom is clearly pleased at this. Me, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Two. Sitting with Andy, April makes the realization that almost everything that he listed earlier on the flip easel as a dream job of his was right, some right. sort of a, a police officer a sort of job, FBI sure. agent, that sort of thing. And asks Andy, what would you think of Officer Dwyer, Pawnee PD? Hmm. And this elicits a huge mug to the camera by Andy, who clearly never made that connection before. No. Three. Leslie insists they all go to JJ's, naturally, for victory waffles. Speaking stay, of bookends, the stay, day started there. That's right. Stay up all night, talk about their lives and feelings. You know, the usual. Everybody cheers at this. And then, <laughs> and then in a perfect ending to this episode, oh, yeah. Ron, apropos of nothing, blurts out, Jerry forgot to vote. <laughs> Damn it, Jerry. And Jerry just looks around <laughs> helplessly. Fade to black. I love it. A good punching bag Jerry is good anytime in the episode, but on the end, it's even better somehow. That's right. Yeah, that's I right. Like it. Well, nice job on the episode breakdown, Mark. Um, I think we got a little bit to talk about here post-commercial. We'll do that real quick. We'll come back. We'll wrap this thing up and we'll give some scores and send everybody home. Let's do it, man. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Greetings, everyone. This is Mark of Live from Pawnee. During the city council campaign, at one point Ben wanted to go negative with the tag ads, but Leslie was completely against it. This got us wondering, what anti-Bobby Newport attack ads never saw the light of day? To address that, we here at LFP Worldwide Headquarters sent our best people, meaning Constantine and Harvey, undercover to Nope Campaign Central in search of any lost audio clips. Surprise, surprise, they hit the jackpot. Without further ado, here are a series of negative attack ads which did not make the air. Enjoy. One awesome take one, a mark. Bobby Newport says he made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs, but we all know that's impossible. Uh, okay, that's too nerdy. Reel it back. 
Two casualties, take one, eh, Mark? When Bobby Newport plays the game of life, he's always the banker so he can steal money. What does that even mean? You're really reaching on that. Try again. Three, limousine, take one, eh, Mark? Bobby Newport writes bad Yelp reviews just for fun. Nine Alaska, take one, A.B. Mark. Bobby Newport spoiled the end of the Harry Potter series for everyone in Eagleton. Negatory. That's going to make people like him. Try again. Ten accused, take one, A. Mark. When Bobby Newport opens a bag of M&Ms, he eats all the red ones first so no one else can have any. Eighteen, take one, Mark. Bobby Newport is so anti-technology, he uses a Windows phone. Where are you getting this stuff? Do better. Come on. Twenty-five, conscience, take one, Mark. Bobby Newport is so emotionless, he didn't even cry when he watched the movie Rudy. Nope. No go. You are really starting to annoy me now. Twenty-five, basement, take one, Mark. Bobby Newport insists that chili made with Impossible Burger tastes just as good as the real thing. Okay, I'm gonna stop you right there. I don't care what Ron Swanson says. Impossible Burger is delicious. Move on. Bobby Newport eats doggy treats that were meant for his Persian Greyhound, Riclette, and doesn't feel guilty about it. Wow, what a bunch of wacky almost ads, huh? I'm sure glad none of those ever made it on the air. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, you know, I, I think I mentioned this last week, and I know it's been a kind of the third week in a row where we've had these supersized episodes. The downside being that on the DVDs, no deleted scenes. That's right. Yeah. Again, I, I made my point last week. Although this one's 27 minutes, so it's very possible there was very little left for the cutting room floor. That, that is entirely possible. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, what about first tropes, fun facts, and uh, goofs there, Mark? Uh, I didn't have a lot of firsts this, this week. How about you? I struggled, and I, I managed to come up with, I think, three. Oh, nice. Well, you outdid me. First, Leslie is elected Pawnee City Councilwoman. Okay, I got that one. Well, okay. Actually, what I said was first election win. I wanted to be a oh. little more generic. Well, you know what? That that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but that's it for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> we also get. I, I I said we get the first hints regarding Andy about being a cop. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's true. And I also said, and I I kind of alluded to this before, and I was I I, I thought so much about this that I tried to shoehorn it into a first. What I said is. The first time that we see explicit cases where the three most important people in Leslie's life, Ben, Ann, and Ron, each demonstrate how well they know Leslie yeah. and how much they care for her. Ben never wrote the concession speech, yep. fought tooth and nail for Leslie all day. Ann arranges the perfect midday distraction for Leslie, gives her good advice. Yep. Ron knows where to find Leslie even when Ben and Ann don't, yep. tells Leslie just what she needs to hear. Yeah. Dead on. What a good circle of friends. Yeah. What a good circle of friends and what good writing to really make this feel like a complete episode. Yep. In my mind. At I least. agree. Yeah. How about tropes and uh, goofs, Mark? Do you get any of those? 
Tropes, uh, I had a few. Um, ben mugs to the camera because he did that Ron. repeatedly during the whole thing. Yes. I said food driven Ron because of the bacon wrapped shrimp. Sure, why and not? I also realized when I say food driven Ron, it could be a drink Alcohol. drink driven Ron. <laughs> Alcohol is a sort of food, I guess. It, it is of a nature, sure. I said optimistic Chris. Just because it's it's interesting. Two episodes ago, it was optimistic Chris. Last yeah. episode, it was pessimistic Chris. That's right. So it's like he always seems to go to extremes. Yeah. Well, you know, he's his adventures with Jen have helped him look at the brighter side of things. I, I said one I said last week, uh, JBLB, Jennifer Barkley versus Leslie and Ben. Although yeah. the, the, her antagonist role is kind of coming to an end. Well, here. at this point, like they came in and, and said, uh, hey, Jen, we got these election results. You want to hear him? She's like, nah, nah, she's done. Yeah. I think the last hurrah was where she's like, I don't see a problem with these voting machines. And that was about it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Um, I have PBJ. Oh, yeah. I, Alan, I was so mad that I missed it last week. I was oh, like, PBJ, yeah. damn it. You, you just know. wrote it down just in advance. Jerry almost had his ultimate damn it Jerry moment in costing Leslie the election. Oh, not, I mean, not really. It wasn't going to be by one 20 vote. 20 votes. I, I mean, it was kind of close. Yeah. Um, I had... Sweet, stupid Andy. Yeah. Like when he tries to retrieve the files the same way he fixes his Xbox when it freezes. Yeah, that's true. And I had sweet, stupid Bobby Newport. Like a lot. Like especially when. <laughs> what, what, what is that? Rear, rear, like a cat. <laughs> that's so funny. I had no idea that was called a dead cat. It's called a dead cat. That's all I got for trips. How about you? I like it. Um, did you say fun with names? No, I didn't. Yeah. If you look at the ballot, Mark, we, we've we got font, and these are not the other city council's roles. They're blurry and they're down. They're also on the ballot in some other positions. We I can't see. can't quite see. Uh, there's fondue spelled P-H-O-N space D-U. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Lockheed, which I feel like is a reference. Uh, Tina Nabisco. And then... Um, I saw this one in the credits. I don't remember which character this was or why. This is the character's name, but I don't, I can't place it. But regardless, Eugene Pilgrimaldi. Are you making this up? No, it's like, it's like 94 letters and I, I just jumped right out of I it. I didn't catch that. I loved it. Huh. Yeah. The only other trope I had is, it's a trope-ish, but it's a bit of a fun fact. So uh, the the wall of white men, as you mentioned there, you know, yeah, all yeah, the city yeah. councilors. I put that as a trope because we saw it before. In season one, episode four, Boys Club. That's right. And if you remember, she said, uh, this one here, he's he's creepy. He's always looking at my boobs. (laughs) Which, of course, that was the great Norm Hiscock, it turned out. Oh, that's right. Which we found out later when we got a chance to talk to Norm, who was great. And then I think right above him is Morgan Sackett, who's the line producer for the show. Right. And uh, But I found it interesting when she slid her picture in. She kind of, if you have to go back to Boys Club to see this, there's a bunch of space down on the right-hand side, but she slides her picture in from the left-hand side and kind of pushes all those guys down. Mm. I like that. I wish they'd done a wide shot so we could see that happening. Interesting. To me, it's kind of a metaphor in a way. Interesting. I don't know what it's for. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, How about that sauce? Anyway, uh, (laughs) how about goofs, Mark? How'd you do this week? I got got one. I I had no goofs. Um, well, these were both attributed to the internet, so they have to be true. Uh-huh. Um, you know, at the point Ron is talking about uh, how he, he, he ch- you know, he never changes and he has combed his hair the same way since 1978. And I think I sent you a screenshot of this. I called him a liar because in season one, Ron totally parts his hair on the other side. But would that constitute a different haircut or just a parting different? Now, now you've got me curious. Look, you're, you're challenging the internet, not me. <laughs> 
No, no, I, I actually believe that's correct. So uh, the only other one I saw as a goof was, and I thought I would not have known this, you know, the Jermaine Jackson ballroom, the plaque there, they misspelled yeah. his middle name. Oh. Yeah. So he won't watch this episode, I heard, because of that. He's offended. Bunch of dipwads, I yeah. swear. Yeah. How about fun facts, Mark, before we move into scores? I only had one fun fact, I guess, and it's just kind of a, 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 a recounting at one point. This is kind of fun with freeze frames, although I, I will admit I forgot to mention like the time code or oh, where this sure, is. Sure. But it's when Andy is making the list of stuff with April. Oh, yeah. That's and, a good list. and at one point they're brainstorming new places to live and he's writing <laughs> them on the flip easel there. Yeah. And if I could just have 20 seconds, <clears throat> I wanted to go through some of these. Germany, Greenland, Australia, the moon, Chicago, Florida, Everglades, Jamaica, Pegasus, New Caprica from Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> Georgia, not the USA one, Winterfell, the <laughs> fictional land in which Game of Thrones takes place, Alan, <laughs> Montana, South Africa with the initials DMB following, probably a note to the musician Dave Matthews and the Dave Matthews band is from uh -huh. South Africa, yeah. Russia, after crossing out USSR, Bermuda, Bahama, Key Largo, Montego, Kokomo. Huh, weird. I wonder where those came from. Yeah. 1988 Beach Boys selling Kokomo. Uh, Amazon Village, Seattle. And then finally, Burley's House on Lake Michigan. <laughs> they want to live in all of Burley's houses. I know. It's like they just wait for him to move and then they'll take his old one. Love it. The other residents formerly known as Burley's. They're, that's right. Traff Cab. Traff Cab. Well, good job on that one, Mark. The only other fun fact I had was, uh, and I mentioned this before, uh, Leslie's ballot, if you look at it, is the infamous butterfly ballot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the, uh, you know, it might have cost somebody an election by like, I don't know, a national presidency by 537 votes in Palm County, Florida in year 2000. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, I never made the connection. Huh, yeah. So That's weird. But if you remember hanging chads, it was that ballot. Oh, yeah. That ballot style. So, oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I I think they probably had to resist temptation here to not put that into this somehow. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> Very right. subtle. Yep. Yeah. Well, hey, Mark, let's get into our score. Let's get into our score. All right, Alan. Well, I'm just going to launch right into it. My MVP for yes. this final episode of season four is Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope. Uh, th this episode had a lot of good performances, I thought, including, uh, Rish I know I've mentioned Rashida Jones as Ann Perkins, Adam Scott as Ben Wyatt, Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson. They all had some really great scenes and I, I could see picking any of them. But I just think that Amy Poehler's Leslie Nope was the one that really had the spotlight here, as well she should. Um, her facial expressions, the way she freaked out, the way she brought it all the way back around, seeing her tear up as she voted for herself, accomplishing a lifelong dream, her reaction to the recount news from Anne, the final acceptance speech she gave. Amy Poehler is really a superb actress, as well as a gifted comedian. And I think this brought all that to light. Leslie Nope, quite frankly and quite simply, is the protagonist that we all want to root for. And a few episodes demonstrated as well as this one did. Well said. I already mentioned the great symmetry to the scene from the season four premiere when Ben gave Leslie the Nope 2012 button. I yep. just really, really like that. Uh, so good, good writing there. I mean, a long distance relationship isn't the same level of sacrifice as like breaking up, but still the symmetry was there and I thought the scene yeah, worked really well. I'd agree. Um, as much as I thought it was a nice gesture on Ron's part to share his precious Lagavulin with Ben, <laughs> I don't ever want to see Ben drink a Lagavulin again. His reaction scared me and almost made me pee my pants laughing. Um, you, you drink Claire alcohols, Mark, right? 
Moving on, I also thought nearly everyone was given a chance to shine despite all the guest stars, which was pretty impressive. It is impressive. Speaking of guest stars, Paul Rudd as Bobby Newport, Catherine Hahn as Jennifer Barkley, Ben Schwartz, the great Ben Schwartz as John Ralphio in a brief appearance, uh, Jay Jackson as Perd Happily, uh, Randy Kovitz as Commissioner Terrence, and not to mention the members of Mouse Rat, sure. Andy Burlinson, Alan Yang, Mark Rivers. Yeah. Um, perfect freaking ending. A complete victory. We all won. And yet everyone takes a second to be angry at Jerry. Masterful. Hard to get any better. Um, Small nitpicks. Okay. I, it, it feels like. I bet I've got one in common with you. It feels like they tried to do a lot with this episode. And you, you, I'm assuming you're saying that based on your review, which is based on the 27 minute producer's cut. Did you watch the the standard edition? I did. Okay. I did. Um, but there are arguably six different stories depending on how you choose to slice this. So so the three of them were pretty minor, yeah. I think, yeah. but they still ate up time. And so you think, Fair well, you know. Yeah, that's true. You know, arguably six different stories, tons of guest stars, even with a runtime of over 27 minutes, sometimes it felt stretched a little thin. Um as I already mentioned, I thought that they also maybe if anybody got short shrift here, honestly, I think I'd say April. Um, not by a ton, not by a ton, but but you know she is based she, on the normal standard we have. She's one yeah. of their heavy hitters. Yeah, like she's true. one of their breakout stars. When she's on fire, she's on fire. Like she she can compare with any of them. And I just felt like she was a little bit underused in this episode. Not bad. It was it was not the worst. It was okay. Um, I am still not a fan of Haverkins. I don't understand the whole Anton dynamic. I don't understand it. I don't like it. You can't make me. Um, having said that, to be to be objective about it, they I don't think that they spent enough time on it to make me subtract points for this episode. But it was close. We'll see about that. Uh-oh. Oh, my. Had they gone further for me, it would have been a different story, I think. Fair. So, okay. So, on to the crazy Mark rubric. <clears throat> I'm going to give this a 4.5 base score. I thought the A and B stories were great. C story was good. And the three little subplots were meh. All right. But largely forgettable. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm going to give half a point for a great performance by my episode MVP, Amy Poehler, as Leslie Nope. I'm going to give half a point for a great use of guest stars, which I already listed, so I won't go over that again. I'm going to give half a point for what I thought was a good use of their deep comedic bench, uh, even in lieu of the guest stars. I got some cheater combos coming up. I'm going to give half a shocking. point. Shocking. Yeah, shocking. Classic. I'm going to give half a point to what I call the Ann Ben combo. We got to see the best of both of them in the way that they supported Leslie, and I really like that. My boy Ron gets his own combo that where he gave Ben advice. He gave Leslie advice. Plus, he brought his own damn bottle of Lagavulin. <laughs> I love, love, love that. He's practically a Boy Scout. I know. I'm going to give half a point for what I call. I Actually, I did this last week. I'm going to do it again here. I'm going to give half a point for what I call the Barkley-Newport combo. Once again, showing us deceptively complex, quote, antagonists that are not at all true villains. They're very likable. They did a great job. Yeah. I'm going to give half a point for what I call the recount combo and giving Leslie the recount news and Ben and Leslie's reactions to Leslie winning. Mm. Like that whole scene was very, 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 very well done. It really was. Half a point for what I call the April Andy combo. I didn't think it was the greatest 
storyline, the C story, but there were enough funny parts and lists in that one. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll give it a half point. Yeah. You know, I'm we all, like lists. I do like lists. I'm also going to, to like scrape up off the floor all the minor subplots, like the three that just like, meh, I'm going to like scrape them all together and like out of all that mishmash, I'll go, okay, you know what? There's about a half point there worth of, eh, because <laughs> there were some funny parts in it. It just wasn't, wasn't able to persist. Did you just give level. half a point to miscellaneous, Mark? Yes. Okay. Yes, right. exactly. <laughs> and I'm going to give one more half point for Leslie's final acceptance speech, epitomizing why this show is so much more than just a vehicle for laughs. So you add all those suckers up and you come up with 9.5 Little Sebastians. Now, Ellen, like the debate from a couple of episodes back, I actually had to approach this initially by asking myself, is this a 10? And unlike the debate, I felt like there were enough nitpicks or slow parts or whatever that I I knew it wasn't going to get a 10. Mm. But I felt like this had too many good parts for me to go below a 9.5. So then I asked myself if I was going to give a different score for the producer's cut compared to the normal version. And I'm I, I can't do it. I'm tempted to bump it up, but I don't think I can without risking my parking space. You know, So I, I can't do it. So for me, win, lose or draw final episode of season four, nine point five little Sebastians. So Very there nice. you go. What you got, buddy? Well, nice job, Mark. I um, I'll start off by first saying my MVP. Um, I gave it to Amy Poehler as well. Nice. At, at, by herself. No co-MVPs this week. Okay. Although I was very, very tempted to look at that, the triangle, right? And, you know, while I wouldn't have given it to Ron necessarily, the three of them supporting her all in their different ways, as you've pointed out so brilliantly, is is really masterful. But Amy's performance is Amy's performance. And right. you just, it's hard. It's definitely, I'd say it's her best performance in the series so far. I think if this isn't the best performance, it's darn close. It's, it's, it's at least tied, I'd say. And as far as the three of them, I mean, how many legs does a stool need to stand up? Great point. Yep. Yeah, no, great point. Um, I, I would say, you know, th- that trifecta meant a lot in this episode and the way they worked it. Um, and yet they're still found time for the other characters to do stuff. I thought that was kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I compare the 21-minute version to the 27-minute version, I think – if you just scored this critically on the the 21 minute version, you wouldn't feel as good about the bench, I don't think, because some of the scenes get cut uh, a little less Jerry, a little less Donna. And so you don't see as much of them. Um, but I'm with you. I feel like Aubrey Plaza is such a heavy hitter. Um, or she can be. She can be. Yeah, yeah. That by putting her in this C storyline and not making her part of the campaign storyline, and, and they still could have done that, even if they had just brought her to the campaign setting by the end of the episode. Right. Kind of like the Scooby gang meets up at the end kind of thing. Right, right. And let her celebrate with with Leslie, who she looks up to so much. I felt like that was a missed opportunity here. I agree with that. And I think it is sacrificed for the sake of other things that weren't as good. Yep. Um, now, overall, I will say, you got to remember, Mike wrote and directed this episode. And I, the last time he did a, a twofer... It was not one of my favorite episodes. I think it was something I would, may have even given like an eight. It just wasn't very – like it wasn't bad. Again, Parks and Rec 8 is pretty damn good. Right. But I feel like here to combine those two, he really hit it home. Like the the directing's so good, I don't notice it. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like it just flows well. And to your point, 
you kind of said it in a deficit way. There's a lot going on. You got to churn. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. I mean, that's actually hard on the director, like just to kind of yeah to make that flow. That. And of course, the editing team and all of those as well, because they clearly had their job cut out, cut out for them as well. But I, I felt like my big disappointments were more April or getting April involved in the campaign somehow, um, and then really just you know. Maybe with a little less going on, there were moments where I think they could have dwelled longer. Like, great speech. I've got all this emotion. Cut to the new scene. Yeah. Gag joke. You know, like yeah. they, there was a that happened three or four times where I felt like I could have stayed in the moment a minute longer and really appreciated it. But there wasn't enough breathing room because of what you said, basically everything going on here. Yeah, I can't argue that. Um, so for me, the is weird. I, I actually considered giving the producer's cut a lower score than the regular cut because of some of the things I just said. But when you I shut really, your face, well, but when I looked at it, I couldn't do it uh, because the producer's cut, I really liked the episode. I'll just say that it's one of my favorite episodes. Uh, certainly one of my favorite episodes of season four. I, I said the producer's cut gets a nine five. And I said the standard cut gets a nine because there were enough things that were different, six minutes worth of difference, that I felt like it did make the episode overall better. But again, we both had a little, a few misgivings about why it isn't a 10 really. Because I think maybe they fixed some of the things we talked about. This could have been a 10. I, I would agree with that. As a matter of fact, I, I wanted to emphasize that, you know, it sounded like I was trying to be harsh on the nitpicks. And really, that was just my way of convincing myself that it wasn't <laughs> right. a 10. Yeah, because we're me we're, out of it. Yeah. We're up to that upper we echelon of, yeah. of, of goodness here. Yeah, we really are. Yeah. And it, in that way, it really reminded me of some of the heights of season three. Yeah. I agree with that. But, but we're farther and deeper in this relationship with Ben and Leslie. So that feels good. And and, and Ron and Anne are, are there in this supporting role for Leslie and moving into this new segment of her of her journey in a much better way than we were in season three. So in some ways, this is this is more rich and more rewarding than than really good and funny episodes we did have in season three. I, I would agree with that. I mean, as a matter of fact, I, I'll go as far as to say. It, for for my money, they could have cut out all of the three Tom minor minor subplots. I mean, including Tom and Ann, because screw that. Especially that one. Yeah, especially that one. If they had cut that out and just focused more on the, on the big three, I don't know. I know. Sometimes less is more. I mean, it's kind of a cliche, but at the same time, I think this is a good example of where done well, it could have been that. But still, what an episode. What a great episode. Strong, strong, strong. Yeah. Uh, I really am over Tom and Ann, though. We got to just move on. Yeah, screw that. Yeah. Is she going to move in with him? She said that when she's drunk. Yeah. And they said, no, take back. He's partner because they're cowboys now. Pardna. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. Corona yeah. Well, we'll see what so happens. I can't with stand that. it. Well, Mark, that's it. That's season four. Oh, my gosh. We Our did next it. episode is season five, episode one. Miss Nope goes to Washington. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of movie uh, t play on movie titles. I know. I, I know. Yeah. I can't wait. I cannot wait either. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for helping us get to 100,000 downloads. That's right. Uh, we're very proud of that. And, you know, uh, we're, we're not a big name, uh, you know, guys who are on the show type podcast. So uh, for us to hit that number, so I, 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 I'm going to pat us on the back, Mark. Me too. If I could reach back that far, I would. <laughs> <laughs> These short nubby arms. It's like a Tyrannosaurus Rex here. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah it's, it's what are you going to do? Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks everybody for listening and we look forward to talking to you next time. All right. Bye everyone. Bye everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. 
Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompani.com for more details or to contact us. I don't get it!